We're going to continue on in our series. We entitled it Divine Healing, and we're talking about healing. Tonight, I've been really stirred just to really talk about faith in the context of how to walk by the faith of God. We understand so many of us principles of faith, but what happens we're walking by faith in theory instead of walking by faith experientially. Because what happens, it's kind of like, you know, you sit in driver's ed and you learn all about it. But then there's going to come a day when you got to sit behind a car, which is okay because it's usually you're in a parking lot that's empty. But then there comes a day when you have to get on a freeway or you have to go downtown somewhere and parallel park. And it's a whole different world when you're in the battle. A friend of mine, you know, you hear all the Chuck Norris jokes, right? You know how he's invincible and all this other stuff, right? Well, Chuck Norris, uh, when he was a world champion kickboxer, he had a dojo in Yorba Linda. And a friend of mine was a black belt in his dojo, grew up there. And this is right in the heat of where Chuck was just destroying everybody, six-time world champion. And, and what would happen is when you reached the level of black belt, after you passed everything, before they would confer that to you, you had to get in a ring and spar and fight Chuck Norris. And John, my friend, told a story about how that it's one thing to be sparring but when you're part of this dojo, when the night came for another person to come in, everybody would get around the ring. And Chuck would get in the ring. And there's an intensity about him. And, and the person who was going against him was going to experience something for the first time. Because Chuck let everybody know, I won't put you in a hospital, but the more timid you are, the harder I'm going to hit you and kick you. And I won't injure you, but I'll cause you a lot of pain. And everybody knew that. And Chuck goes, I don't, I don't, I don't apologize for that. And John tells a story about when he got in the ring. And the first time, I mean, as soon as they said go, Chuck is in his face. Bam, bam. And, and John said, it was, it, I realized I knew all this stuff in theory. But, but now, this guy, and, when, and as I'm backing up, he's coming harder. And, and you know, and I, I'm, I'm hurting, and he knocks me down. And I get up, and he knocks me down again. And finally, it kicked in. And what was on the inside of me started coming out. And before I realize it, I'm, I'm swinging and punching at him. And, and that's when he learned and this is what happens to us in faith. We come here where it's nice and safe. And revelation of God's word is flowing. So the word of God is alive. So it's like you see it. And you see yourself walking in. And you're like, this is my answer. And then you leave and you're like, yeah. And then you get an email and a phone call. And, and something breaks down. 
And Carissa and Teresa are no longer singing where you could hear them. Right? And so you, you jump on YouTube and you're like, I got to listen to the blessing. I got to listen because I got to get this feeling. And the enemy's just punching you. But oh, it's glorious when all of a sudden, instead of trying to figure it out, what's on the inside of you comes out in faith. And all of a sudden you're like, And the enemy's coming. And you're not even looking at him. You're just looking at Jesus. And he's trying to hit you. And he can't. But sometimes those circumstances will get bigger. And everything within your mind will be going, you got to speak this out. This is not working. Our finances are going backwards. My symptoms are getting worse. And, and, you know, these little demons that are, that are against you, these principalities and powers, they're saying, speak it, speak it, because they know they can't steal from you unless you take your eyes off the Word and start entertaining their thoughts, right? But if you won't do that, they can't. And there's so many Christians... I don't know about other churches. I'm talking about in our circles, in our church, that we have to learn how to walk this out. That when you get, when you get hit with something talking to you, whether it be your body or your finances or your family or your job, that you respond, it is written. It is written. Why? Because the walk of faith is a rest. It's where all of my trust is in Him. And I am fully persuaded that what He said, He will bring to pass. And I'm no longer, something rises up in me, and I'm no longer concerned or worried. Now, in order to walk that out, I've got to say, Satan, you don't know how much I do not care. You are defeated. I am victorious. My Father always causes me to triumph. And as you speak what you believe, what's already in your heart, you know, people in our church walk around, and man, we all have a Mount Everest of stuff in our heart. We've just not learned how to use it on the outside yet. We See, with my friend John, in order to get Chuck to back off, he had to go stronger. It's the way it is spiritually. It just looks completely opposite of that. The stronger I get is the more I rest. The more I just rest. The more I I go from, I'm not the sick trying to get healed. I'm the healed. So ha, 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 Satan. You already lose. I will live. I will not die. And I'll declare the works of the Lord. And his healing power is working in my body. The core, the root of this sickness and disease, the moment I believed I received, the word went and killed it. And it's going to work its way out, and I'm going to be healed. And my finances are going to be in abundance, and I'm going to walk in peace, and I'm delivered. I'm not going to be delivered. I already am the delivered. 
I've already been made free. So all this junk in my life, it has to bow. If you look at your life, and boy, I'm talking to somebody right now. I know I'm talking to me, but I'm talking to everybody. Boy, if, if there's one thing you have to know about your life, is you are the one with authority. The God of heaven, Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords came out of the grave and said, guys, it's a new day. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And now you go in my name. Hallelujah. We could use the name of Jesus and see God heal our land. And we think about healing our land See, this is how you solve the problems in a country. You just be the church. And you invite the God of heaven in so that you now are his voice and his hands and his presence. And we go and we spread the love of God and it dispels hatred, it dispels fear, it heals the sick, it delivers, it loves the unloved. It gives them purpose and meaning because now Jesus is touching people. See, we have to walk by the faith of God experientially. Amen? Go to Matthew. Let's start in Matthew. We've got to start somewhere different. Of course, the last scripture that God gave me today I'm starting with. There we go. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Hallelujah. I love this passage of scripture. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Hallelujah. It says this, Jesus talking. He says, come unto me, all you that labor. This word labor means you're wore out because you've been toiling. Have you ever been there? Toiling means you're doing it in your own strength. Man, if I just need to read the word more, I just need to confess the word more. Do you know people that are thinking that? are hardly confessing the word at all and are hardly in the word. They're just thinking and they're toiling. They're wore out because they're, tr- they're, because they're trying to do it in their own strength. He says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Have you ever been heavy laden? That, that Greek word literally means you're overloaded with heavy burdens. It's a burden that's too big. Do you know that God did not, he made us, well, he made us to be world overcomers, but he didn't make us to carry anything. We're one with him. We do the victory part and the rest part. He does the carrying, the heavy load part. Right? It says here, and I will give you rest. This Greek word is amazing. It it literally means A quiet ceasing that refreshes every part of you. See, the the Bible says if you come to me. How many are born again today? So that means you've come to him, isn't it? Right? All you that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Verse 29, take my yoke upon you. A yoke in Jesus' day was the rabbi's doctrine. That was his yoke. 
Jesus is saying, take my doctrine upon you. We learn from 2 Timothy that all Scripture is God-breathed and it's profitable for doctrine. That means he's saying, take my instruction upon you. Take my word upon you and learn. That means gain understanding of me. Jesus is saying, take my word upon you. Isn't this good? And learn of me. What is salvation? It's knowing God the Father and Jesus, his son, whom he sent. Everything in life is about knowing him. Jesus is saying, take my doctrine, my instruction, my word upon you and learn of me. I love that. For I am meek, that means mild, and lowly, that means humble, in heart. And it says if you'll do that, you shall find rest. Rest. A quiet ceasing that refreshes for your soul. Peace that passes all understanding will mount guard over your heart and over your mind by Christ Jesus. The world today, guys, everybody in your world needs to see the peace and rest of what faith looks like. We cease from trying to figure it out. Well, there's nothing to figure out. That's why we cease from it, because we've already figured it out. It's Jesus. Every, every answer in your life is always Jesus. Amen? It says here, for my yoke, my doctrine is easy. This Greek word easy, it literally means it's gentle. It literally means it's easy to use. Being a doer of the word is easy. Walking by sight is hard. Walking in the strength of God is easy. Walking in your own strength is very hard. Trying to heal your own hurts is very hard. Walking in the deliverance and healing of God is a rest. This word easy also means it furnishes what is needed. His doctrine furnishes what, it, what is needed for you. His doctrine is profitable. This word also means it's good for any use. And my burden, Jesus is saying my burden, my load is light. It's easy to bear. Isn't that awesome? This is what we're talking about tonight. And we are to walk in this. So how do we do it? We need to talk about that. Everybody here already knows how to do it. But we need to put it together, gain deeper revelation, and then actually make a decision to do it. When you're in the heat of a battle, when all of your flesh is screaming to say this, instead, you say what's here. Right? When everything is saying, just, I just need to put on a movie and forget life. When the Spirit of God's going, no, 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 no. I, I, need you to, I need you to put something on and listen to teaching. I need you to get in the Word of God. I need you to read this Scripture a hundred times. Have you ever done that? Read a Scripture a hundred times in a single sitting. 
see what happens to you. You won't get past much about 25 or 30 until you start saying it personal. It'll become a confession. Right? My God shall meet all of my needs according to his riches and glory. About the 25th, 26th time, Father, I thank you that all my needs are met. And you start, and by about the 70th time, you're going, oh my gosh. Why in the world did I ever worry about this? Right? You do that 100 times and you'll never stop talking. You'll talk about that scripture for a year. Let's go to Isaiah 26 in verse 3 and let's start talking about this. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 26 in verse 3. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It says here, Thou will keep him in perfect peace. This, this word peace is the word shalom. Thou will keep him in perfect shalom. Hallelujah. One of the redemptive names of God. Jehovah. Right? Jehovah shalom. Jehovah is my peace. Thou will keep him in perfect peace. Who? Will he keep in perfect peace? Whose mind is stayed. No, no, look at that. Whose mind is stayed on thee. God says, I'll keep you in perfect peace if you'll keep your mind on me. Your mind stayed on me. This means, this word stayed means I'm leaning upon and I'm taking hold of God. I'm literally leaning upon him. I'm taking hold of him. I'm holding on to him in my thought life and I'm never going to let him go to entertain another thought. This person, God is able to keep in perfect peace. Look at this. Because he trusts in thee. Wow. See, this taking hold of, leaning on God with your mind, you'll only be able to do that as you put your trust in Him. Why does a Christian not forgive somebody who's definitely hurt them, done them wrong? Why does a Christian not not believe what God's word says? Why does a Christian not honor God in their finances? Most of the time, now there's, there's see, this is what happens to a person. There's, there's many believers that just get into rebellious disobedience. They know what the word says, they're just not willing to do it. But even that person, the only reason is because they're not looking at God, they're looking at their circumstances. But why doesn't a person do that? In every case, it's because your trust is not in the Lord. Everything centers around for you to walk by faith, for you to live by faith, for you to live by the word of God in every situation so that you experience the very life of God, all of your trust has to be in him. So what's good about that 
is your whole life, the Holy Spirit is going to constantly be talking to you about how that you can trust God. In whatever situation you're in tonight, whatever your situation you're in at home, right now, God in the person of the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you. If you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, He is upon you and He is going to be talking to you and wooing you and bringing revelation of Scripture. That'll be based on how much you let Him so that you can know that you can trust Him. Because when all your trust is in Him, you will lean and take hold of Him with your mind and you'll walk in perfect peace which is rest, which is the highest expression of faith. I've ceased from trying to work it out. I'm not trying to make this thing happen. I know my part is to simply believe and to act upon my beliefs. And I know he'll do his part. He'll bring it to pass. Not sometimes, every time. Every time. It says in verse 4, Trust ye in the Lord forever, for the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. This Hebrew word not only means strength, not only means unlimited strength, but it literally means an unlimited place of refuge. You know, so many times... You could start, you, you start watching too much of the news and you could start to feel unsafe. But child of God, wherever you go, you're safe. The Bible says the, the angel of God, the spirit of the Lord, he's, he, he, he's round about you to deliver you. The Bible, in other words, from this scripture, I would write this in your Bible. The Bible is identifying to you from this scripture right here that trusting God, he's defining it as keeping your mind on God. Always. See, if you don't trust him, then you're always going to be talking about and thinking about and looking at what's happening to you instead of what's already happened and what's happening in you. All of my trust is in the Lord. You take yourself out of the equation because see, here's where most, most word of faith people live. Well, I'm the weak link in this whole deal right here. And I, you know, I'm really the problem. Take yourself out of the equation. Because if you're saying I, guess what that is? That's selfishness. That's self-centeredness. It's not about you. It's all about him. Anything good that happens in your life, it's all him. Amen? Amen. Think about it. The greatest miracle that's ever happened to any of us happened at the point when there was no history. I was spiritually dead. And then Jesus showed me who he was. And I'm like, oh, wow. See, I love him because he first loved me. You know, there's so many songs out there that talk about, I love God and he loves me. But that's not what the Bible talks about. The Bible talks about, I love him because 
he first loved me. Amen? In the Song of Solomon, it says, it doesn't say, I am my beloved, and my beloved is mine. It says, my beloved is mine, and I am his. In other words, the fact that I say I'm his is coming from a revelation that he, I already know he's given himself to me. If you think this whole thing's based on you, you're not going to trust him because you don't really know him. He came looking for you and I. There is nothing that'll ever happen in your life that'll catch him off guard. There's nothing that'll ever happen in your life that he has not already made provision for. Wow. Why? He's that good. God's word, God's word is the seed that will keep you at rest. So we keep those seeds planted and we keep watering them. And we stay pliable by delighting in the Lord. So we keep that ground soft and moist so that God's word can sprout up and keep us at rest. See, we are to trust God and keep our mind on him. The Bible says don't let the word depart out of your mouth. In order to do that, you can't ever talk about your circumstances. Because if you talk about your circumstances, you just let the word depart from your mouth. And you think, well, now wait a minute. Are you telling me that I have to literally speak the word all the time? Well, you, he's not going to make you. So if you want to live in death, yeah, you don't have to. But if you want to live in Zoe life, if you want to literally please God, because you can only please him as you walk by faith, you'll have to keep his word in your mouth all the time. Now to do that, you're going to have to keep that flesh on the altar because that your flesh is going to want to say some stupid things. Like my life sucks and I'm stupid and I can't do this. You can't say that if you read the Bible. Because God never says that about you. He says things like you're a world overcomer. You can do all things. You are going to live long on the earth and declare your works, and my Father always will cause you to triumph. Wow. He'll make crooked places straight for you. He'll open up doors that no man can close. And oh, by the way, I have already seated you far above all principality and power. And oh, they that receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, will have full and superior dominion in your life. Why? Because of Christ. Because the spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus has literally made you and I free from the law of sin and death. And I could go on and on and on. We keep the word of God. But see, what helps us is we're part of a body of believers. So we have relationship with people that when we get together, it's like Pastor Edwin and I, we blinked and we were together for three hours. We weren't talking about the weather. 
No, no. It's one scripture after another. Why? Because we were fellowshipping. You know, you feel like you could rip down, just, you know, give me a squirt gun. I'm going right to the gates of hell. I'm just going to rip it down right now. That's the way it is. But if you try to be alone, I could do it on my own. You know, I know I got this stuff going on in my life, and I don't want to tell anybody about it, and I just want to keep it to myself because I can, I can, I'll overcome this. Satan just smiles and laughs. Because number one, you don't really know who your God is. You don't know at all who you are. There's no trust, so that means your mind is not leaning and relying on him. So there's no peace, so he's got you. Right? Here's the good news, though. All you got to do is change your mind. Hallelujah. Trusting God Here's a big part of it. Trusting God will enable you to overcome every distraction in your life. It's amazing when you trust God. He'll get the distractions out of your life. He'll be like, Tony, watch this. Don't, don't do this right now. I need you to spend time praying in the Spirit. Because, because three days from now, you're going to face something, and I'm trying to get you ready for that. I want you to, you know, your flesh is getting a little bit riled up. You need to skip a meal and pray. You need, you need to keep your flesh, you're, you're starting to get to the point where you're allowing your flesh to crawl off that altar. So you got to tell your flesh who's boss now. You know what? Maybe you might even not need to just say, flesh, I'm not eating for a day. Not to get God to talk to me, because I know he's always talking to me. It's so that I can keep myself right. Trust is the reliance on the integrity, on the strength, and on the ability of God. I'm completely reliant on his strength, on his ability. I'm completely reliant on the fact that he never lies, never changes. So his integrity is perfect. If he said it, he'll do it. If he spoke it, he will bring it to pass. I don't have to be concerned about it. Trusting God this way always yields the blessing of God. Always. You can't keep the blessing from overtaking you if you're in a position where you're just trusting him. So think about this. You're going to be very hypersensitive after tonight. You're going to be very hypersensitive about, I need to trust him. And the Holy Spirit's going to be talking to you all night as you go to sleep tonight. It's going to be a great night's sleep because he's just going to fill you with how, why you can trust him. There's going to be scripture after scripture after scripture that you can trust him. And the peace level in your life will just rise up. So, it's so wonderful. Trust always comes from knowing God. And this is why, this is why everything in your life and in my life is about knowing Him. You get in a battle and you think you need more money, but you just need to know Him. You think you, you need your body healed, but all you need is just know Him. 
Because the byproduct, knowing him, is all that stuff is fixed. But you're not fixing it. A lot of Word of Faith people that could quote every scripture on faith and healing in the Bible, they're like, okay, Father, I just believe I receive. Or, wow, it feels better. And then they walk. They're like, wow, this is really good. This is working. Oh, man, Father, I thank you that I'm healed. Then they go to bed. And they wake up the next morning, and they get up, and it's like, oh! You know, and, and, and instantly it's like, do you ever notice this? You're not worthy. You messed up. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. And it's all designed to get you to think about you instead of just going, no, wait a minute. No, this is all about Jesus. He bore it. I don't have to. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 3. I know you guys know this one. Verse 5. Trust in the Lord with how much of your heart? All of it. Now, if you couldn't do that, then God is unjust. But you can do that. As a matter of fact, you and I are made for that. And you and I have the revealer on the inside of us who is God, who will give us a million reasons why we can trust in him with all of our heart. And don't lean on your own understanding. This, this, in the Hebrew, it would read, don't rely on on your own mind's conclusions. Because you're going to be put in situations in your life that when you look at it in the natural, you're going, okay, this is where I'm at. I'm in trouble. There's no way that it could change. How many of us will be in that situation? Every one of us. The Bible says that when you meditate in the word day and night... You'll observe yourself doing the word. And it says, and then you will make your way prosperous. Wow. Which means that, that you couldn't see the prosperous way before. But when you got revelation knowledge, you can see it. In other words, if you're in your own mind's conclusions, you're going to be right here. There is no way for me to get there. But as the word comes up, all of a sudden, I see the way. The word lights my path. It is a lamp to my feet. It shows me. God makes the crooked places straight. He does it. Hallelujah. That's his part. In all your ways, acknowledge him. That means in all your ways, consider the word. Consider Jesus in every one of my ways. What should I do? What does the word say? Well, here's the primary thing the word says. Rest. Cease from your own trying to figure it out. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, right? And it says, and he'll direct your paths. In other words, trusting God brings God's direction into your life. Everybody wants to know what God's will is for their life. Here it is, trust him. You, want, you need direction in your life? Focus on trusting him. 
go to him and say, okay, Lord, what, what do I need to do to trust you? And instantly you'll know the first thing you need to do. For a lot of people, it's, I mean, literally, there are people sitting at home that never go to church, never open their Bible, right? And they, they, they got a word from God 30 years ago that they were going to change the world. And you're sitting here going, but God can't, I mean, all he can talk to you about is, hey, um, you need to go get planted in a church. Yeah, but there's no church, there's just no churches out there. There's, there's nobody preaching the word, and, and you know, I, these people in the church, I just got to fit. You're done, right? For some people, it'll just be, hey, just start reading the Bible. See what happens in your life. And then, but for most of us, it's going to be like, okay, you've got 18 PhDs. You know now, now, you know so much, you don't think you know anything anymore. It's because spiritually, see, we talk about being spiritually obese. But in reality, no. You've just been listening. But you haven't digested any of it, so you're spiritually a skeleton. You're not spiritually obese. You haven't, you haven't, see, you don't, that you don't know the word until it's working in you and manifesting out of you. Right? And I'm telling you, spiritually, man, you can see some people, there's some little ladies that are like four foot nine, you know, 92 pounds, but if you can see them, in the spirit. They got like 19-inch biceps with big veins coming out, and they're just like, they're ripping the kingdom, of, uh, the kingdom of darkness all over the place, and they don't even have to leave their house. Why? Because they're doing it. They're doing it. Why, why am I getting off on all that? Trusting God, what I'm saying is trusting God will show you what to do and show you which way to go. It'll bring the direction in your life. Trusting God positions you to be completely protected when evil comes against you. It completely settles you in the right place so when the storm comes, it doesn't shake your life. Trusting God is having complete confidence and dependence upon Him, and here's the kicker, and no one else. See, that's where God wants to take you, to where you don't have to depend on anyone else. You are, you, all of it is, all your trust is in Him. Wow. See, what excites me about that is that's where God will take any, all of us. He's wanting to take us there. Trusting God is always based on knowledge of Him. It's getting to know Him. 
It brings God's empowerment into our lives. And here's the thing. Faith grows as you learn to trust God. It's wonderful. Faith grows as you just simply live a life where you're developing your trust in God. My trust in God is what empowers and what equips me. This is so important, guys. Hallelujah. It it brings the blessing of God in your life. It literally causes you to always triumph. It will continuously bring victory into your life. Continuously. We're not to have a victory and then a setback and a victory. No, 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 no. Our path is one of increase only. But here's the thing. And right now, I sense that there's people listening online and there's, there's people here that are looking and going, but I, I just... Boy, I could feel this. I I just, I don't know where to start because I'm hurting. Because this is hard, what I'm going through. And God would say, just trust me. Just take me at my word and come to me. And, and, And just come unto me if you're heavily laden. Oh, God's saying, I'll give you the rest. I'll teach you how to trust. I'll teach you how to rest. Your part is to just be willing. And sometimes, and see, here's the thing. You might be like this today. You might be, but I don't, God, I, I don't, man, I don't know. And, and here's what God will do. He'll just, he'll wrap his hand around you He'll wrap his arm around you and he'll he'll look you in the eye and he will minister to your spirit. And he'll go, oh my child, I love you. I love you. Nothing can separate you from my love. It's going to be okay. You can give this to me. I'm I'm going to take this. Your future is secure. In the same way, I hold all the heavens in place. I will hold everything in your life in place. You're going to be okay. Hallelujah. Faith in God, confidence in God, trust in God is always based upon relationship. Everything. God knows this. So God wants to make your relationship with him fresh. He he knows how to love you and minister to every aspect of who you are. He knows all your buttons. And if you'll just give him place, he'll lead you. Oh, we still have so many believers that think that God's mad at them. These 300 years or so of preaching that God's out to get you, It's still that residual, but, you know, God is out to literally bless you. He already sent his son who gave you his life. And now God has sent the mighty Holy Spirit 
to teach us and to lead us into that life. Wow. We come to trust God through life's circumstances as we walk in relationship with Him. So, so a lot of times we'll pray, Lord, get me out of this circumstance. And if you'll notice, look in the Bible. Show me some examples. Maybe I haven't seen them. Good luck with that. It's no, 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 no. No, we're not going around the mountain. We're going, we're not going, oh Lord, please. Okay, in Jesus' name, here I am, Shadrach. In Jesus' name, man, dude, I like this robe. Just in Jesus' name, I will not have to go into that fiery furnace. No, 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 no. No, God will take you by the hand and go, hey, it's all right. When you walk through the water, I'll be with you. When you walk through, notice not around, when you walk through the rivers, hey, you know what, on the outside it might not look too good, but I'm with you. When, when, not if, you walk through the fire, no, we're not going around the fire, you don't have time for that. You're not on the earth long enough. No, 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 I haven't called you to live a natural life. I've called you to live my life. Guys, take the boat to the other side. I'll meet you later. All he had was his father said, I want you to come pray with me. Jesus wasn't worried that there was not going to be a boat there. Can you imagine? I could imagine he gets up for prayer for the first time. And he's like, okay. So his father's like, okay, go to the other side. Okay. And Jesus, all his trust is in God, his father, because he knows him. So he's like, well, father, I don't see a boat. They all left. He goes, he goes, son, I really like walking upon the sea. Let's go for a walk. Jesus is like, okay. That's what he'll do with you. As the Father called him, that's the way he calls you. Don't be afraid of the circumstance. Rejoice in the middle of it. Because God's with you. I love that song we sang. So I don't remember the words exactly, but it's like, in every battle... I'm going to rejoice because I know that in the middle of that battle, that's right where you're going to be. Right? God's with you in this. We come to trust God through life's circumstances as we walk in relationship with Him. So don't focus on the circumstance. Focus on the relationship. And I'm telling you, it's like this. Jesus will be like, hey, don't look at the wind and waves. Just look at me. Let's just fellowship face-to-face. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. It was face-to-face with God. We are to walk fixing our eyes on Jesus. He is the initiator and the developer of our faith, lest we grow wearied and faint in our minds. Look at this, Psalm 18, verse 2. Man, it's already 814. Psalm 18, verse 2. Look, I'll just leave you with a couple scriptures here. Psalm 18, 2 says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress. And, I mean, you can just see the Spirit of God coming upon David. He's my rock, and oh, by the way, he's my fortress. Oh, by the way, man, he's my deliverer. Why? Because, wow, he's my God. He's my strength. 
in whom I will trust. Isn't that awesome? My buckler, my shield, my protector, and the horn or the power of my salvation. And he is my high tower. He is my inaccessible place of refuge. Wow. Because he is my shepherd, I shall not lack. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because he's with me. And I got to tell you, child of God, he's with you. He is all in. The God of heaven. There is nowhere you can go where you're out of his sight, where his ear is not open to you, where the, the very Son of God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords is watching your mouth. He's watching over the words coming out of your mouth because if your words are his words, he's going to bring them to pass. He's going to perform them in your life. Wow. Psalm 125, verse 1. You've heard me say this so much. Hallelujah. They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but which abides forever. In other words, God's word cannot fail. So what we do is we find out what his word says. The foundation of our trust in God is his word. We must take God at his word. And we must put all of our trust in his word. And as I do that, the Holy Spirit will bring more and more revelation to me of his word as I'm walking in relationship with him and I, my trust in him will grow progressively and my faith will be growing progressively. And I will pretty soon realize, wow, all I know is peace. His peace compared to this storm, the storm doesn't even register on me anymore. See, that's what's happening, child of God. For many believers, this is the storm and this is God. But oh, if you'll just walk and focus on the relationship, it changes to the point to where pretty soon this becomes irrelevant. So many times in the ministry of Jesus, when, when like, I, I love the guy, Jesus comes down, and, and here's this, his son is an epileptic, he has seizures, it's a result of a, of a demon spirit, right, oppressing him. And uh, the father's going, you know, your disciples couldn't help me. And Jesus, you know, was asking him about it. And he's like, you know, many times this demon will throw him in the fire, throw him in water. And, and all of a sudden, the demon starts acting out. And, it, and it, it, there's no record. Jesus doesn't even pay attention. In other words, it's a non-issue. Do you know everything that comes against your life is a non-issue? Now, you might think, no, you don't understand because I'm hurting. No, no, let's talk. Let's talk as you walk through this. There's going to be people in heaven that are, that are going to get there and, they're going to, and the first thing they're going to do because they might have suffered loss or whatever on this earth is they're going to go, oh, wow. And Jesus is going to come over here and say, hey, come here. You got to make up this little blip of time that you were on the earth 
that you missed with some situations here. But, you know, part of it is I'm, you're just going to make up all of it about a hundredfold here. And that's just a little bit about what I have for your future. Right? But I got to tell you, child of God, he has victory for you. Not going to happen. You already are victorious. But your father wants to cause you to triumph. See, there's so many people that literally they have the victory, but the triumph is the party after the victory. But what happens is because they are laser-focused on what's happening to them and in their life, they don't see that they have the victory. And the enemy's like, you're sad, you're depressed, this is going backwards, what are you going to do? And the more he says that, the more they're looking, and, and then they get afraid, and, and all of a sudden, and pretty soon they just, they, they just like this. And so what happens is, this is still their victory, but they never get to experience the joy of the triumph. Have you ever seen those guys when they win an NBA championship? I mean, it's, a long, uh, it's, it's the end of a very long road. You know, I had the privilege, I would be the guy that would hand them their championship caps. And, you know, this was back, Magic Johnson and those guys, you know, back in the 80s. And, and you know, people just think, wow, they're world champions, that's really cool. But, but what you don't understand is this is the end of months of complete devotion and working and flying all over the country in different time zones and playing sports at a level and working out at a level that is insane. And then all of a sudden, it's over. And you're like, wow. And a lot of times they'll, they'll interview them and they're just like, I, I, don't, I can't really put it into words. Your father wants you to experience that every day. He always causes you to triumph. In other words, you're to go from one victory triumph to another. And how you do that is this. I'm not looking at what I, what I see in the natural. I'm looking at what he said he's given me. What he said he's done for me. And I realize this is settled in heaven and there is nothing on this earth that could ever change it. And I start getting happy. And all of it leads me to do what? To glorify my heavenly Father and to be thankful. What is that? Worship. It's, it's our, that's our whole life. And that's what he has for us. This is the Zoe life of God. Don't be moved. Paul listed all the stuff that happened to him. He goes, yeah, that's all light affliction. I'm like, what? Wow. First thing I'm going to say to Paul is thank you. Number one, glad I wasn't you, right? Number two, when I thought things were hard and I read about what you went through, wow. But thank you because it caused me to see that's what's happening to you is nothing compared to what happens in you. Amen.